Welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. Thank you, Pastor Errol. Wow, this is great. I just love coming here and seeing you guys and uh, so, so good. Uh, like Pastor Errol says, that's a, a, I'll give it in two parts, but that's a series I did in Jin Jin. Um, and, and if you look at the news, and I'm sure you do, and um, I'm sure you feel with compassion because of the season we are in, you know, where a season where rain is needed, there's a lot of fire. And I'm sure if you're like Christine and I, I'm sure when you look at the news and the first thing you do is let's pray. Let's pray for that. So I have a, the topic I want to talk to you about is overcome discouragement. So overcoming discouragement. And um, so when you read, when you listen to TV, you look at the report, you, you, you hear the comments of people, you know and, and that many people face discouragement. And it's a normal thing in life. Uh, there's, every, there's many reasons we're going to look at that. Um, there's been a reason for that normal reaction. And we don't want to be like, oh, we're in our bubble and everything is okay and God is good and he is good. But at the same time, uh, Jesus has compassion for the suffering and Jesus has compassion. So discouragement is a reality and it, will, it comes at one time and it comes in a different form or another and there's many causes of discouragement. And we're going to look at that today. Today I want to look at the cause, the symptom. And the next message we're going to look at God's provision to overcome. And I, I say overcome because I should say to heal even in that. Healing from discouragement. And we're going to look at that. Um, the definition, just quick definition of discouragement is Lost, of course, discouragement, lost of courage, lost of energy, lost of hope, mo- mo- no motivation. You, you're kind of walking under a heavy weight. Uh, you feel demoralized. You feel like you're ready, uh, ready to quit and uh, abandon and everything. My question for us this, this evening, does God, who knows all things, gave us a way out? <laughs> Amen. And because uh, I have the answer to this question, so it's good. That's why I can say amen already. <laughs> so a way out and a solid foundation, not only to recognize and deal with discouragement, but to overcome it. Good question. And the beauty about that, it's yes. And there's a very good reason, and that's why I've put some slides and some verse uh, on the thing. And because God not only gives us the solution, the how-to, because we have a God who understands pain. You agree with that? And, and I put the verse, if we put the, the next slide there, it's in Isaiah 53. There's a whole description about the Messiah, but I've just put a few there. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Surely he took up our pain and bore our feeling. I just a little dot because I cut the thing. And by his wound we are, we are ill. And Jesus understands so much pain that when he started his ministry, actually his first time in, at the synagogue, he took the book of Isaiah <laughs> 61 And he's saying that. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He chose me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the broken heart. There's, there's more suffering. To proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim an acceptable year of the Lord. That's interesting. All the eyes were on him. And it's interesting when you think about it. Because when you read in the scripture, a few minutes after, they wanted to throw him down the cliff. So they were spiritually blind but they were looking intently. And we have, like we said before, there's people around that they're blind spiritually, but they're looking. Can somebody show me? Can somebody show me? But the best bit is that last line. Jesus finished that, rolled the scroll, gave it to the, the attendant, and he says this. And this is what we have to get. The scripture you've just heard... <laughs> has been fulfilled to this day. He's saying in um, Australian language, it's a done deal, man. It's done. All this that I've listed, the blind, the healing, the poor, the thing, it's all done. It's available for you today. So it's available. So when we're talking about discouragement and, you know, being down, Jesus says, well, there's something available for you when? Today. And that's what we want to look at. Good? But to look at that, I want, to, if you have your Bible, we're going to use two books in, um, in that, the two messages, the book of Nehemiah and the book of Agai. So today we, I want to use, use the book of Nehemiah and give you a very short context. So the Jewish people had been led for 70 years in captivity because they had they lived in disobedience and God had says, if you do that, you're going to be there and it's not going to go well for, for you. But God is a gracious God. So God is, wants to bring, is bringing some of the people. So when you read Nehemiah chapter 1, it says like that. I'll just quote it. I didn't put the, I didn't put the slide there, but I'm just going to quote verse 1. Those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble because Nehemiah was, the, was there and uh, one of his brother came and he says, so what's the news? What's, what's been happening? And he says, well, you know, the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Nehemiah says, because he's writing his memoir, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept for days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then that's what, that's a beauty if you read it. And so, so he prays, the Lord, hear my prayer. I'm praying for the people. I'm praying for, for the land that, you know, it's ours. I'm praying. And so he's a cupbearer for the king. And he says, well, he had something in mind. He says, now I'm praying that you're going to have me favor. I'm going to go see the king. And it's pretty amazing when he goes, sees the king, what he asks. If you read it, it's, it's pretty amazing. So he goes and make the king favorable for me. When I go see him and I'm going to ask him all this stuff, I want, him, I want his favor. And you can do that because you're God. And so he goes, he asks the king, and he says the king, well, the, the walls are in ruin, and my people and everything. I need to go. And they say, well, how long you go? He says, I'm going to go that time. And uh, 
So just imagine, he says, okay, first of all, he's asking for a, a sick leave or <laughs> an absent leave. Let go. I'm leaving my job and I'm, I'm going to go away to do something else. And then he's going in, also, uh, I need a passport. So I'm going to go through all the different tribes and everything. And I need to be able to go without being stopped and in, in, in trouble. And also, well, we'll need to rebuild the wall and the gates and everything. Uh, can you, uh, I need some wood. <laughs> Can you get the wood? And by the way, it's good for the walls and the things, but I want to build my own house. So if you read the text, it's all in there. It's, it says, instructing them to give me timber, I will need to make beans for the gates of the temple, for the city of the wall, and for a house for myself. It's Nehemiah 2, 7, 8. And that's the verse I put there. 2, 8, it says, and the king granted me everything I asked because... It's on that scene. You could just repeat the screen. Because there you go. So he's going there. He says, wow, that's a God plan. God is on my side. Man, it's good. Let's go. God is there. That's his plan. I'm walking in his plan. And all is well. All is good. But he said, where are you going with that? I thought we were talking about discouragement. Yeah, I'm getting there. So the idea is there. So he says, I arrived in Jerusalem three, de three days later. Then I went to see all the, the, the people, the official, the priests and everything. And I told them uh, my conversation with the king. And how, the, how God, because of God's favor... And in uh, 2.18, I told him about how the gracious hand of God has been on me and about my conversation with the king. So the goal is to rebuild the wall and rebuild the gates. So the, everybody says, wow, let's do it. It's a great plan. God is with us. What can go wrong, right? So just remember, we're going like that and we're, we're going to get there. So Nehemiah 4.6, the next slide says that. So we rebuild the wall till it has reached half its height for the people work with all their heart. And I put different version. They work with determination. They work with enthusiasm. They work. They had a mind to work. So you're going. And if you read chapter 3, verse 17 to 32 in Nehemiah, there's a, a phrase that is there a lot. Beside him, with him, with them, together. So there's a sense that the whole people, everybody is working for one goal. They're going to that goal. That's the goal and they're working for that. There's unity. There's everything. And then the other slide, Nehemiah 4.10. Then something happened. There's a switch somewhere along the way <laughs> that something happened. There's a change of dynamic. It's, I mean, we're talking verse 6 and two verse later. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build a wall for ourselves. We are not to build a wall. It went in over our head. We had, what happened? Two verse later. And on top of that, the other one, meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and, and their work. The Jews who live near the enemy came and told us again and then again. Another version. Then the Jews who lived near, they came and told us ten times over. So in that text, which we're going to go, the next slide says we're going to look at this. There's three, Nehemiah is giving us three cause of and symptom of discouragement. First one, the delays. Delays. 
And with the delays, there's tiredness that comes in. The second one is the debris or the rubble or the frustration. And the third one is the voice or the doubts. So it's all there. We saw it in the text. It's right there. So the delay, let's, let's start with the delay. And I'm just going to go very fast because I... Normally I preach for an hour, but I have got, I got 30 minutes. So, <laughs> so the idea is the delay, the cause, the symptom, the delay. It's they say the wall was built, it was going well. We're halfway there, and now we're getting tired. <laughs> so how do we deal with delay? A cause of discouragement is when there's delay. If you have to go to see the doctor and then you have a two months waiting list, what happened? It can be, it can be, oh no, you know. And uh, if you're in a race, for example, you're in a race and you're there and the whole crowd is cheering, yeah, go for it, you start. You have the cheer of the people and then you go and it's a, I don't know, 10 miles race. And you're going, you're there and you got the cheer of the people and you're going there. And the farther the, you go, then the cheer is very far. You don't hear the encouragement. You don't hear the cheers. And then you're there and you're on your own, but you don't see the end yet. And you know what they call it? They call a second wind. It's going, yeah, it's good. Will I make it? Oh, no. I don't see the end and nobody's cheering for me. I don't see them anymore. Why do you think it's called a midlife crisis? Think about it. The delay and the midlife crisis, because the idea, it's easier to start something than to finish, right? And these guys started motivated, like very, God is with us. It's very easy to make a commitment, right? I'll pray for you. It's harder to keep it. <laughs> it's easy and faster to hurt or to be hurt. You know how long it takes to get restored? It's easier to get married, right? It's longer to build a strong and solid marriage. It takes a few minutes or so to be a father, but it takes much longer to be present and to keep protecting, providing for your family. It's easy to build debt, build up debt. It's longer to pay them back, right? The delays. So they started motivated and, and they seem to don't work, so they get tired. You work hard, but in the delay, you grow tired, weary, tired, not enough strength, discouraged. Some signs when you're feeling, you start feeling discouraged and tired, and, and sometimes it's just because you, need, you just need a break or you need to rest. But the signs of a tiredness is you're more vulnerable to critic or injustice or threat of temptation. You don't walk as fast, not as motivated, but there's just, you just walk behind. In Deuteronomy chapter 25, 17, 18, remember what Amalekit did on the road when you left Egypt. You left Egypt like you got set free of Egypt, and he fell on you from behind on all those who, exhausted, walk last. And you know that's a tactic of the enemy when you're there, when you're isolated, that's your an easy prey. And you're an easy prey for discouragement like that too. So, um, yeah. Good? So first one, what's the, what's the first cause? Delays. That cause that will cause uh, exa being exhausted or, 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 or like that. The second cause that we saw was the debris, the frustration. Rubbish. 
So they're going, we're tired, and there's so much rubbish. Just remember that the rubbish that were there were all the bricks and everything. That was the cause of their disobedience to God. So when we think of rubbish as going, I want to, I want to, yeah, I've got, I'm going to serve God. Man, it's still, I think I still have so much junk. <laughs> so much rubbish. And I thought I dealt with that. But rubbish is something, in, 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 when they were building it, something that makes you trip or you slow down. You want to go there, but, oh, man, a minute, minute, there's some stuff. So when they say cause of discouragement is like the, the frustration that you still have to deal with the rubbish. And, and for, for, for us or for some of us, you know, the, the rubbish would be, you would be like um, something you did in the past. And, and you're there and, yeah, I want to serve God. I, I'm, I'm following God. But there's still that thing that I, I need to deal with. And it feels like it's getting discouraged because I thought I dealt with that 20 years ago. And, and now it's just, it just jump on my face, a debris. Maybe it's an habit we take along the way to deal with when we get discouraged. Maybe something you thought, maybe it's a relation you have and it drags you down and makes you trip and slows you down to enter the plan that God has for you. So in, in one sentence, rubble is anything that makes you stumble and block your walk and stop you from achieving the plan God had for you, receiving what God has for you. We get it? Rubbish. The problem with rubbish, there's a, a few rules about rubbish. It will happen. <laughs> they will happen. If you build a, you know, a coal is here, when he builds a house and stuff like that, he has to clean up the place before he can sell it, right? And that's, that's because he's building, he's doing, those are good things. So the rule of inevitable, the rule of the important of what you cannot ignore. If you try to ignore it, it won't disappear. It will just multiply. You're doing a garden. There's weeds. You know, uh, I'm just going to forget about it. What happened? They grow, they grow, they grow, they grow, and they grow, and they grow. The rule of the invincible. In, invincible. Invisible. Sorry. Uh, you were saying my English. There you go. <laughs> Invisible. English is my second language. So what you don't see or you don't want to see, but people who love you, not criticize or judge you, people who love you and know you see it very clearly. You want to do something funny? Without judgment, just turn to the person next to you and see, do you see my rubble? <laughs> Because if they love you and they care for you, they probably see it, especially if you're married. <laughs> and that's the good, that's the good thing. But the idea of a, the, the debris, the frustration can be a source of frustration. You know the, sh the show, The Hoarders, where people pile up stuff in their house? What happened with the debris? They got so much stuff that they can't even use their kitchen table or the things like that. If you don't deal with the debris, they will pile up and they will immobilize you. So when we deal with discouragement, make sure you're looking and you're thinking, okay, I see the debris in, in, in there. So let's deal with it. So far, so good? You, you know that China right now, you know, they don't take our, they don't, eh? our garbage anymore or our debris. 
So men can hide <laughs> their debris. God is the one you can get rid of. And that's what we have to look. God is not just like uh, China doesn't matter and your debris in your life. Yeah, I can, I can just, you know, have a good um, uh, system to burn the debris, something like that. Yeah. Okay, the last one, the doubt and the voice. So the verse was saying, verse 12 was saying, Meanwhile, all him, he were saying, Before you know what has happened, you will swoop them and everything. And the Jews who lived nearby, near the enemy came and told us again and again and again. And ten times. So the doubt and the voices, uh, the misunderstanding, the comments, the opinion. Um, sometimes it's good to say, uh, thank you for your opinion, but I didn't really ask for it. So, you know, you can, you can say that very, very lovely. So the, the, the doubt would be, oh, you work for nothing like these guys. do work for nothing. What's the use? We can't build that wall. You don't know what you're doing. I think you're in charge, but you're not. Doubt of yourself, other f future people, God, uh, what he did in the past, the promise he made <laughs> that is going to happen. You doubt your marriage, your career, who you are, your call from God. So my point with this one, and it's a very, very, I, I receive it in the, the power of Jesus. Be careful at which voice you're listening to. Do you know there's only two spirits in this world? Two spirits. So there's two voices in this world. And you have to decide which one you're going to listen to. So the two spirits in this world that we can say, it's the spirit of Jesus. Which is the spirit of the advocate. For those who like the Bible reference, 1 John 2.1. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one and truly the one who already covered everything. So we have that voice. Which voice are you going to listen to? The advocate that he says, I'm on your side. I understand your suffering. I understand your pain. Not... I'm a Christian, I shouldn't be in pain. No, sorry, I was a Jesus, I mean, he didn't say that, but you know, I'm Jesus and I, I, I know understand pain. So that's the first one, that's, and I'm going to, it's very easy for you starting now in your life to recognize which spirit you are listening to. The problem with these guys, what's the problem? The verse says, they were living too close to the enemy. I'll, I'll repeat that verse. The, the verse was saying, you know, the Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again. They will come and they were repeating. They will come. There was no action there. It was just, we will do that. And the other, the NIV says, the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over. So important for us as Christians, so important for us to discern which voice we are listening to. I'm going to invite the musician to come at this point. Thank you, guys. A beautiful worship. So the problem is they are living too close to the enemy and they hear what the enemy is shouting and saying to them. They're just threats. But we have the spirit of the advocate that says, I'm on your side. I'm for you. I covered all your things. But 
the spirit of the accuser, what the name Satan mean? The accuser. And you find that in Revelation chapter 12. I heard a loud voice shouting across the heaven, it has come, last salvation and power in the kingdom of God. Woo! For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to hurt, the one who accused them before our God day and night. You accuse me, deal with my lawyer. <laughs> but the idea is we, we need to, we need to um, as we're going to close, I have to say that because it's so important. You know, it's possible to be here in the church with your Bible in your hand. But what you focus on and what comes out of the mouth is just repeating what the enemy is saying. And we need to, to understand that we need to make a decision. When my brothers and sisters go to a hard time, they fail, which spirit will I listen to? I'm with you. I understand pain. I understand when you're discouraged. Jesus understands when you're discouraged. And not, well, you should be, you know, like, <laughs> name it. Which spirit are you going to listen to for the rest of your life? It's not only for today. And next, in two weeks, we're going to have the, like, the practical on how to get rid of that. <laughs> the practical, how to apply it in my life, how to apply it in your life. So Satan, his name means accuser. Jesus is the advocate. Oh, <laughs> So, what voice am I listening to? The decision will always be yours. I remember I come from Montreal and I, I had the privilege for the last nine years to serve in a church that grew from 40 people to 5,000 in 25 years. There was 25 pastors in that church and we had, you know, like all the things. In nine years, and that's so true, in nine years, I never heard one comment, one phrase that would say, oh, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. So imagine the potential. What I'm so blessed to be here in Australia is to have the, 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 the past, your pastors here. I've been here for four or five years. Never once. <laughs> the same spirit of the advocate Pastor Errol, Pastor Sue, Michelle, and, and Ben and Julie, and they have the same spirit of the advocate. They're on your side. They're on your side. They have to deal with the rubbish, right? They have to deal with the delay, right? But they're, they walk by the spirit of the advocate. And I want to encourage all of us to do that. The musician will play, I asked them to play that beautiful song, God is so good, because God is so good and God is so good. But I want to give you the occasion and I want to give you the, the chance right now. And maybe, you know, maybe you know and you can be sure that God knows what you're going through right now and what you've been going through and, and it's the spirit of the advocate that speaks right now. He says, I understand the whys. I understand why. I understand why. 
And I know why. And I, I, I know that pain. Maybe you said, Pastor, so this, this message really described what I'm going through in my life right now. And I can relate to Nehemiah. I can, I can relate to what it means to, to have delays and stuff I, I, I just want to do and it's not happening and it's get discouraging. And, and, and to try to live a godly life for God and having stuff in my life that just keeps making me trip and slows me down. And all the voice that says, you're not good enough. You know, what about you? You're, you're like, you're not supposed to be like that. Switch it and say, Jesus, as we say, you're so good. <laughs> you are so, so good. And the beauty with God is he's not going to change. <laughs> he's, not, he's, there, he's like that from eternity to eternity. And he doesn't need to change because he's perfect. Amen. So I want to encourage you not to miss the second part because that's going to be very practical tools. So it's going to be on the 1st of December. So I'm going to ask you to, I'm not going to make you come in the front. We have the time. I told Pastor Errol, I just want to give you the occasion to have a conversation with the Lord right now. And because it's you and the Lord, I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes out of respect for everyone so please close your eyes because it's between you and God and maybe tonight you're saying oh it's really me I feel I'm discouraged because I've been you know wanting this wanting my kids to come back to the Lord or wanting this and this and it takes so long and there's a delay and I feel discouraged Lord the first thing Nehemiah did when he heard about the ruin, what did he do? He prayed. <laughs> so I want us to do that tonight. That's the first part. Before he decided to go see the king and do the practical, he just said, I'm going to seek my daddy. <laughs> I'm going to pray. So tonight I want to give you the occasion in your heart to pray and to say, if it's you, you say, Lord, I'm, I'm getting discouraged because there's so much delay in your life. I just want to ask you to say to the Lord, Lord, I need, I'm discouraged because of the delays. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you're the one who says, oh, man, you should see how much I'm so frustrated with all the stuff that I'm trying to get rid of. <laughs> the debris that are there. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I get discouraged because it seems to take forever. And it seems like I, I get rid of one and whoop, there's another one. <laughs> Jesus says, I know. Do you realize I covered all of them? <laughs> I took all of them. That's why I came. Because no debris with me i have the power not like china i have the power to remove them from the inside so if it's you and you're you know you have some debris you have some stuff uh, an habit or something that you kind of feel like they're bringing you down and causing you to be discouraged i'm giving you a few minutes just to speak to the lord
Nehemiah prayed to God and God answered his prayer and he had favor from the king. We have a God who's merciful, his mercy is renewed every day. <laughs> so maybe you're in the, the number three, the voices. And you said, oh, I'm so discouraged because it, it, it seems like I'm fighting against myself. <laughs> I'm fighting against that voice that says, oh, you're not good enough. You never amount to anything. Who do you think you are? Self-doubt. And I know so many people, I was one of them, self-doubting, all the thing, always putting me down. Always feel like this morning I was preaching about uh, the, the, the spy in Canaan. And they said, we, we, we saw ourselves like a little grasshopper compared to the giant. And sometimes it's how we see ourselves. And the enemy has fun with that. He says, I'm going to confirm it. Yeah. It's not what you think or the enemy is trying to tell you because he's just telling you. Like you see, the, the enemy didn't do nothing about it. They were just talking. <laughs> they were just putting a thought. So it's just a thought. So which voice are you going to listen to says... The accuser or the advocate? So, Lord, I just want to pray. If you allow me, I'll pray for all of you, all who have brought. Oh, maybe this one. Sorry, I didn't give you time to talk to God about it. Sorry. Give you a few minutes just to talk about God, about the doubts. If you have any doubts and you have voices that are bringing you down and bringing you under discouragement and discouragement just say Lord I bring that to you Lord I just pray for everybody that has had just had a conversation with you right now you know who they are. You know what they brought before you. And like you did with the Nehemiah, yes, thank you for listening to the prayer of your people here in the name of Jesus. So I want to pray, Lord, that you start something. And, Lord, that uh, overcoming discouragement and healing from discouragement and healing from the things that need to be, you need, people need to be healed will be something that is going to happen that is happening because of you. He says, today, <laughs> today, this scripture is fulfilled. It's done. In Jesus' name, amen.